As we inch closer to the start of the Cyclone season, we have another player signing today. It is 25-year-old Jalen Smerick. And for a 25-year-old Jalen, you've kind of traveled around already a bunch. U.S., Ukraine, Germany, a bunch of different stops in your hockey career at such a young age. But I guess let's just focus on the here and now. And that is you will be a Cincinnati Cyclone. You're a former all-star in the ECHL, but you've been gone for a couple of years. So where have you been uh, in that interim time and what brings you back to this league and specifically the Cyclones? Um, yeah, no, last year I just thought it'd be a better option for me to uh, explore the overseas option and um, try to find my offensive game again. I think that was the biggest thing for me um, on the biggest surface and the more skilled um, game. Um, I, I stopped in Ukraine for a few months Um End up moving to Germany in October, uh, finished the season in Germany. And, you know, I really got to, you know, do what I want to do and really explore my game and um, find that offense again. Um, so, you know, I think that was a big thing for me. Uh, it was a big step in my career. And, you know, I'm just looking to come back home and, you know, try to make my way back to the top, um, taking it step by step. And I think since he's the best place for me to do that, um, you know, I, I talked to Jason Payne and, you know, I fully believe in him and um, he believes in me. And, you know, I think we got a great relationship and that's something that you want, you know, as a, you know, as a player, especially nowadays, you know, um, when you can really connect with a coach, but not only connect with him, he knows, you know, how to push you and um, he knows what it takes for you to get to the next level. And I think that's the best thing about Jason. So, you know, when I talk to him, um, it really wasn't too much about the city. It wasn't too much about the fans. Um, it wasn't even about me. It was really just about trusting in him and knowing him and um, just believing in him. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, since he's a great place, great fans and, you know, a great atmosphere. I think I played there twice in my ECHL days. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't have been more excited playing in the crowd like that, um, even as a visitor. So, you know, I just thought it'd be a great place for me to, um, come and play. Yeah, you'll just have more cheers than booze this time because you'll be wearing a <laughs> jersey. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there's, uh, you know, right now, as, as you lean back, even we see your hoodie says hockey is diversity. I think there's going to be a couple of really important topics we touch on uh, throughout this interview. But before we kind of dive all into that, um, you spoke real high of Jason Payne. Is there a prior connection that you have with him? Um. Yeah, it's actually quite funny that you say that, but, um, you know, we, we connected before when, you know, we, I first came um, and played against Cincinnati, um, and then there was an incident uh, a few years ago when we played in Cincinnati, and he came over, um, you know, talked to me and, you know, handled it, helped me out, um, and ever since then, there's just been a nonstop connection. Um, you know, I reach out to him if I have any questions. Um, I called him a few times last year. While I was overseas, um, you know, he's just a great friend, great mentor, great guy, you know, to talk to, um, you know, besides hockey, um, you know, and, and he's just someone that, you know, like I said, I trust in even off the ice. So we kind of built that connection and, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to bringing that connection to the ice now. So as we, and, and I know what I believe, at least what one of the phone calls was regarding, uh, again, something we'll talk on here as this interview goes on. But um, one thing that you teased is, you know, one of the reasons you went overseas was to try and, uh, I guess, rediscover your offensive game. And I look at your stats, man, you're almost a point per game player. And, and by the way, we haven't mentioned this to the fans yet in this interview. 
you're almost a point per game player in your short time in the ECHL. You are a defenseman. That is pretty hard to do uh, to put up those kind of points. And, you know, I've watched some of your previous interviews. I know that you're a Detroit kid looking up to the likes of a Nicholas Lidstrom, but you've also mentioned a guy like Brett Hall, who people will remember for the power play prowess that he had. So would you sort of describe your game as a hybrid of that, where you're excellent on the back end, but love to chip in from the offensive side as well? Um. Yeah. I mean, I just try to like, um, you know, do do whatever I can. Um. You know, I, I also you know love PK Subin. Um. You know, just watching him join the play and things like that. So, um. You know, I just try to build my game all around. Um. You know, Brett Hall is a great guy. He was you know more of a a top of the circle dot guy for one timers. Um. You know, when Nick Lindstrom was a power play quarterback. Um, you know, same thing with PK Subin. He's a little bit of both, and you know, he loves to join the rush and bring that uh defensive touch to the game. And you know, so is Nick Lindstrom, a shutdown defenseman. So, um, you know, just me being a forward my whole life, and you know, my brothers being a forward when they played. Um, you know, I just worked a lot on you know skills and being a forward. I always wanted to really be a forward, and then I kind of got forced into being a defenseman. So, um. I just, you know, try to keep both parts of the game open and, you know, be an offensive defenseman, but more of, you know, sometimes that, that gets confused because, you know, when you hear offensive defenseman, you think they're a little bit slacky on the back end. But, um, you know, I, I try to bring pretty even 100% on both sides of the puck. So, Well, because you started as a forward, uh, you mentioned it. So I threw in the names Hall and Lidstrom. Uh, you just threw in Subban. I don't want to say a player you're like, no, I don't relate to him. But another guy I thought of when I was looking at your numbers and the, and the style you talk about is like a Dustin Bufflin, where he yep. was a defenseman that would also sometimes play as a forward. I know in Winnipeg, like sometimes he was on the D, sometimes he was a left winger. Like it just depends because he sort of had that versatility. I mean, is that another one that you can relate to? Sure. No, I love Buff. Um, you know, and, and I love his, uh, you know, hits. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really hit so much anymore, but. Um, every now and then I love to, I love a nice big hit, um, open ice. So, you know, that, that's, that's definitely where I would watch, you know, PK Subin and Dustin Bufflin and, uh, learn from them. So no, I, I love big buff. Yeah. Big buff is a, was a fun player to watch with the Winnipeg Jets, the Thrashers, the Hawks. Um, you grew up in Detroit, I assume a Red Wings fan, and I know you've wore number five in other spots. Have you had that conversation with Painter yet? Do we know if you'll be repping the Lidstrom number in Cincy? Yeah, I think I will. Um, nice. you know, I, I've been bouncing back and forth a whole bit over the past few years, but I think five is what I'm going to stick to this year. That's awesome. So talk a little bit about uh, most recent experience in Germany you played for the Steelers. You were in the DEL, which is the top league in Germany. Um, a lot of really good players there. Also, last year, the Cyclones got Louis Caparuso, who, uh, like you, has experience playing in the Dell. How important was that experience for you? I mean, you know, you're, you're a kid that originally was playing in the OHL with a couple different teams, most recently Flint. You had that NHL contract with Arizona and then, you know, making that decision to go overseas at a young age, you said it earlier, it was important for you, but it's also pretty neat, like to play in honestly, one of the best leagues in the world. I think a lot of people will compare the Dell to the AHL. Yeah, no, I think it was great. Um, you know, and when people ask me about it, I, I say, you know, it's pretty similar. The big difference or the, the only difference in between the two leagues is that the Dell is, uh, 
slower game, but it's a smarter game at the same time. Um, not sense of the you know players being so much smarter or whatever the case may be, but um, you know the AHL is more of a run and gun kind of game, and um, the Dallas you know older game guys you know take their time, make plays, um, you know tic tac toe, things like that. Um, you know, there's not so much dub and chase. There's not so much hitting. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's a game where you have, you know, a couple extra seconds to make a play versus, you know, um, uh, half a second to make a play in the AHL. But at the same time, you know, in most ranks, you're on the biggest surface. Um, and, you know, it, it's just it's a, it's a league where you don't play back-to-back games, which is great as well. Um, so, you know, there, there's just – there's its pros and cons, but you know, it's, it's very similar in a way. I was going to ask you though, when you talk about, you know, the bigger sheet of ice overseas, I mean, how big of an adjustment will it be for you coming back to the, the 200 foot regulation style here in the States? Um, I don't think it'd be very much of adjustment. Um, just because of the simple fact that, um, it's where I've been my whole life. Um, it was pretty hard to switch over to that. Um, overseas but you know always coming back it's always pretty easy so I think once you know we get through preseason and things like that um, I'll be ready to go so as I mentioned earlier you know we'll we'll talk on some pretty important things Uh, you know part of your overseas experience um, I think it's been well documented it certainly was at the beginning of last year and I think that was probably where I first heard your name being new to this team and uh you know, there was obviously an incident over in Ukraine, which was where you started the 21-22 season um, involving a racial gesture made by one of their players who ultimately got suspended. You would go on to then leave and mutually agree to part ways uh, so you could go to Germany. You mentioned that you had a few calls with Jason last year. Was that one of those calls? And I guess that incident as a whole, sort of hard to unpack, um, but there's been a lot of time to process it. What I guess was your sort of headspace in that moment, you know, dealing with something that, you know, we uh, it's hard because we, we keep trying to preach being progressive um, both in the sport. And I think just culturally, um, but you still deal with those issues uh, and some people do every day and it's sort of hard to believe. Yeah. um, You know, for the, for the most part, you know, um, it's just a tough spot. Um, didn't really know what to think, didn't really know what to do. Um, you know, hearing guys should stay, hearing I should leave, um, getting different opinions, trying to make the right decision for me, trying to make the right decision for my kids. Um, you know, and, and one of the reasons or the first reason that I called Jason was, you know, just because I, you know, I needed someone to talk to. I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't really know how to take it. I really didn't understand it. Um, you know, and, and it was just, uh, like I said, a, a tough spot. Um, so, you know, when I reached out to him, I want to say that it was probably 3, I think like 2 or 3 a.m., maybe 4 a.m. or something like that. I called him in the morning, um, you know, woke him up out of his sleep, and, you know, he, he didn't hesitate, stayed on the phone, talked to him for probably 30 minutes. Um you know, and, and right then and there, I, I think, you know, it's really where um, we just connected. And, you know, from then I decided, you know, what would be the best option for me, um, whether it was staying there, going to a different spot overseas or coming back home and, 
you know, maybe even join in Cincinnati. Um, you know, I was just trying to value all my options and make the right one. And, um, you know, just, I don't know, not, I didn't want, you know, want to feel like I lost or, you know, I gave up. Um, so it was pretty tough for me to kind of leave. I didn't really want to leave. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it was just the best decision for me. So, um, yeah, that was, that was basically that. It's gotta be tough. You know, again, you're, you're 25 years old. Here's a kid who has captain an OHL team, uh, been on a national hockey league contract. You've played parts of, you played parts of, uh, four seasons in Tucson in the AHL. You know, somebody like you should be focused on being able to just play the game and, and just, you know, how do I get better every day? How do I get the attention of AHL and NHL teams again? And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like back to square one, right? You, you see something like that and it can bring you back um, to, to memories that you probably don't want to think about. And and also it, it kind of, you know, again, it's disappointing because it takes away from what the whole point of this game is, is about. I mean talking with Jason, obviously, as you mentioned there, and, and, you know, the kind of person he is having dealt with that stuff through his playing career and probably even somewhat as a coach. Um, how do you just handle it individually? Um, and really from the mental side, I know you mentioned painter, you mentioned your kids, um, but what about you, Jalen Smerrick yourself internally? Like, how do you process something like that? Uh, that one was probably one of the, uh, not one of the, it was the hardest, one I've ever experienced. Um, I don't know. Usually I, I, you know, I can fight through it, brush it off and move forward. Uh, usually things like that don't bother me. Um, you know, cause usually they're just words and usually they're not on the face of ESPN or TSN, <laughs> all of social media. Um, so it's a lot easier to kind of get rid of, but that one for me was um, a lot harder to deal with. And, um, you know, it was, just needed some some talking some um some guidance and some uh i don't know it was you know just just tough it was a different moment for me in my life and um you know something that i had to deal with um and find myself to get back on the ice you know there's so much bad that is uh, is talked about when it comes to social media, and uh, that will probably always be the case. I think social media will always be good and bad. Um, I know in another interview you would you would use the term embarrassed um, and embarrassing to to kind of see it um, initially come out the way it did. But you know, as somebody like yourself, man, you're I'm 27, you're 25. We both grew up in this era where social media is now kind of everything, um, where you have to have Twitter and you have to have an Instagram. So. Like you said, it's making headlines on ESPN. It is now, you know, goes from national news in Ukraine to global news across the world. But I think one thing, uh, you know, while social media is negative, is there are positive moments. I thought a lot of people came to your defense and a lot of people came to the defense of diversity in hockey um, over the course of the few days and weeks that followed that incident. What did it mean for you to kind of see that outpouring uh, of support on social media for, for what had taken place? Uh, I think it was great. Um, you know, and that was probably the biggest thing for me, uh, being so far away from home. Just having that support on that social media was actually probably the 
first time, you know, that I actually felt like social media was a, a need for me. Um, I was on it uh, probably, I want to say, 12 hours a day at least. I mean, like I, I stepped away from the game for a little bit. Um, you know, I was just at home kind of playing the game, um, trying to not think about it. But, you know, it's kind of hard to do, but. At the same time, I was going on social media, responding to fans, responding to friends, responding to family, responding to whoever, um, you know, and just trying to take in all that support because um, it was, you know, like I said, just something that I needed at the time. And um, it was something that really helped me get through that situation. So now coming full circle and back here, I mentioned the hoodie. Hockey is diversity. You're coming to a Cincinnati Cyclones team that has a coach who last year, Jason Payne, was the only head coach of color in all of men's professional hockey. And on top of it, you're the fifth player of color to sign with the team this year. So, again, your hoodie is so apropos for this conversation. I mean, I know in, again, other interviews I've seen you do, you know, you yourself actually get involved in the communities that you've been a part of, specifically Detroit, I know, um, which is just a, a booming, you know, it's hockey town for a reason in the U.S. Um, but, you know, you take a lot of pride in seeing this game change and seeing diversity become more more relevant and, and more visible. How important is it now for you and how special is it for you that you're going to come to a pro hockey team that that has this and, and that the color barriers, color barrier you know, sort of doesn't exist. Um, it's great. I mean, I've, I've been, excuse me, extremely excited, um, you know, just talking to friends and family. Um, you know, it's something, you know, that I, I can't leave out. Um, never been a moment in my life where I've had someone else of color on my team. Um, so just coming to a place like this where um, I don't want to feel even, um, if not, feels like we're outnumbering, um, you know, the rest of the team. Um, but no, for me, it's just, it's, it's a great feeling. Um, and, you know, just to kind of be able to um, bring that diversity to the game and introduce different kids into the sport and just kind of see their faces when they, when they learn hockey or when they learn how to skate, when they get on the ice and um, hearing that excitement after they're done and, wanting to go back and learn more or play again or keep going and not stop. Like it's, it's just a great feeling. Um, something that, you know, takes me back to when I was a kid and just, you know, I love the game for, for the game. Um, you know, and, and you don't really know much about what you're getting into. You just, you know, you're, you're having fun, you're enjoying hockey and, you know, and then, then the rest comes, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's just something that inspires me and makes me want to keep pushing and keep striving. Um, it's something that gives me extra boost every day when I wake up, um, you know, just knowing who I am and um, kind of having that target and being that, that leader and that role model, you know, for the next kid. One of the last things here, I, th I think, as we uh, approach the end of this conversation is you, you talk about how you loved the game for the game. Uh, the Cincinnati Cyclones Foundation is here to try and grow the game of hockey in the greater Cincinnati area. You yourself have your own player initiative in which you are helping with that. Can you kind of just touch base on what it is that you do um, and, and some of the things you've done in the past to kind of help uh, grow the game of hockey? 
Um, it started probably when I was 15 or 16. Um, I have a good friend, Jason McCrimmon, who works for the Detroit Red Wings now. Um, you know, I help him with Detroit Ice Dreams. Um, basically signs kids up to learn hockey, gives them free equipment. And uh, I've been helping with that since then. And, um, you know, when I signed in Flint, I met Rico Phillips, who has, you know, the uh, Flint program there. And, um, you know, I just, I've like I said, I've always loved kids and um, I've always had a soft spot in my heart. So when I met Rico, he wanted me, you know, just to kind of learn or he wanted me to help him kind of build the game in Flint. And for me, um, you know, just having a love for kids and wanting to grow the game and myself, um, you know, just going out to Flint schools and teaching those kids and talking to the kids and um, just getting to meet them and seeing their faces when they kind of heard the word hockey was pretty great. Um, a lot of kids didn't know what it was, um, you know, and just helping him with that program um, and helping Jason just told me like, Hey, like, this is, this is what I want to do, you know, when I'm done playing hockey and this is what I want to, you know, this kind of organization that I want to have when, um, when my career comes to the end. Um, so, you know, just being able to have those two role models and those two leaders, um, you know, be there and kind of guide me through the role and show me the stuff. So it's just something I took upon myself to just kind of use. And now, in Detroit, I kind of start my own program, um, you know, so I just try to, uh, you know, give back as much as I can um, and introducing these kids to hockey is probably the, the biggest thing to me during the summer um, that I could do and um, helping them learn more and get more involved in hockey and learning the game of hockey is, is a great feeling. I think what's so cool is you look at the stats and and how talented of a player you are. It's always just amazing when you talk to players of your ilk that are also that are good players but better people. Um, I know that's a big recruiting mechanism for Jason Payne and something that means a lot. And I think the fans are going to see that as well. And it looks like our Cincinnati community will see uh, a lot of you, Jalen. So. Um, with that, we'll we'll hit the end of this uh, interview. I have a feeling we'll have a, a lot more conversations that fans will get to hear throughout the season. Cyclones' first face-off, the first time they'll get to see Jalen Smerick in uh, the Lidstrom 5, will be on October 29th against the Iowa Heartlanders right here at Heritage Bank Center. You can go to cyclonesockey.com to get your tickets. Again, Jalen Smerick, our next player signing, another very talented player coming to what is Really a, a pretty stacked Cyclones roster. Jalen, thanks so much for the time. Great getting to know you and learn more about you and uh, look forward to seeing you here in the Queen City soon. Thank you. See you soon.